0: and you're
1: invited too Come visit
0: busy town it's time to watch the show good morning and welcome to another episode of saturday morning obscurities the show where we look back on shows that you feel like only you remember i'm your co-host and brother jams i'm your co-host and sister melissa and we're not alone today we have a special guest we have host of the hello hyrule podcast pete in here with us today hello hello Hi, Pete. Pete. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm psyched to be here. <laughs> today, we are going to be talking about Big O, uh, which we're, all of us are very excited about. Yes. Uh, but we have our first segment of the show, What's New Scooby-Doo, where we talk about any new media shows or anything that we've been watching or enjoying. Uh, Pete, do you have anything What's New Scooby-Doo
2: with you? Oh, uh, wasn't expecting to go for. Okay, so I do have... Um... For Over the past couple of years, I've been doing this like really long deep dive to the Shonen Jump app on Hell my yeah. phone. Oh, I've had a lot of time for it with the pandemic and everything going on. Um, so throughout, and, and I've just been catching up on all these different manga that I did not read when I was the age for it. So, sure, mm-hmm. 2020, I read all of One Piece. Oh, wow, <laughs> wow, it's just 2020. Be- in 2020, it took you a year to do that? Only well, a year, I should say? It, I did it at work and, you know, stuff like that. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but like, uh, if I'm on hold for a very long time, I got to do something with my brain or I'll just lose it. Sure, yeah. Um, for 2021, I read all of Naruto and Demon Slayer, uh, plus Z- a couple other things. And for 2022, I've started off reading this thing called Toriko. Do you, either of you know about Toriko? No. no. I'm not familiar. What is it? Okay. So I did. I had no idea what this was at the start uh, up until a point where I found out it had an animated crossover with One Piece and Dragon Ball, like a movie. Okay. I'm mm. into it. And I found it on there. It's like, wait, that, that sounds familiar. Okay. And I check it out, and it's this kind of absurdist world where everything tastes delicious and the whole (gasps) idea (laughs) the whole idea is that hunting and eating monsters that's the main the primary thing okay um but for the first hundred chapters it's kind of hard to like really dive in at least for me it was Mm -hmm. because it's just kind of like you have your strange absurdist anime world like one piece and it's like dumb anime action like dragon ball And a lot of the characters are just like big, beefy, brolic dudes who you don't really connect with at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then over the course of, I'm like 250 chapters in now at this point, and eventually you develop this story of like this kind of tender friendship between a very tiny chef and the world's hungriest muscle man. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What? You had already sold me with everything tastes delicious, but little tiny <laughs> chef, that goes right up on the top of the list. It's extremely, I'm enjoying it a lot more now than at the start, but, cause it, it just seems like it's one of those stories where it takes a while for the author to come to terms with their material. So, mm-hmm. you know, sure. if you have the patience for it, though, the one real complaint that I think I have is that they use the word gourmet, for so many things that it no longer <laughs> means anything. That's really the only <laughs> real problem with it.
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: That's just food now. That's just everything. Food is gourmet at that point. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. What was what was the name of it again? Uh, Torico. Torico. I'll have to look
3: that up. Yeah. Thank it's, you. it's
0: pretty wild, honestly. I'm down. I'm so interested. Uh, Mel, what's new? Scooby Doo with you?
3: Lately, I've been watching 1980s computer graphics short animations, like pre Pixar stuff.
2: Okay. Oh,
3: okay. How come? Yeah. I like them. I like them a lot and I wish things still looked like that. Like I'm happy that we have progressed forward in technology, mm-hmm. but nobody ever returns to the style of how things looked in like 1986. Uh, yeah. So, videos you can check out on, on YouTube. I just stumbled across this Odyssey, Computer Animation Classics, 1997. So, it's a collection from 1997 of stuff like entirely from the 80s. Wow. Of just like early test short animations and like early commercials and one weird Mick Jagger music video (laughs) (laughs) or state of the art of computer animation 1998 1988 older than that state of the art of computer animation 1988 so I just love smooth polygons
2: (laughs) who doesn't so is this the kind of stuff you'd see in like the interstitials in between like a really old like driving school informational video like that kind of stuff maybe it's just yeah bowling it's
3: successes. like oh do you guys know um the beginning of the movie good burger before good burger officially starts and it's just like the nickelodeon production company logo oh, yeah. with that, like cgi orange soda everything yeah. looks like that I love this aesthetic. Everything looks like that episode of Treehouse of Horror where Homer becomes 3D. That's my, That's my favorite, favorite aesthetic to live in. It's used so rarely. Bring That's it back. Good. Make everything look the way it did like years before Toy Story. Like have, like don't make it look cheap. Just make mm-hmm. it look old.
2: I'm going to have to ask you for that later because I'd love to check that out once, once we... <laughs> yeah. I'll put that in the I link these.
3: I will uh, do this now.
2: Before I sweet,
0: Mel. Do you think you'll ever? I mean, there has to be a point where they these old animations run out, right? Like
3: it's terrifying it, that it is finite. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was I was just thinking, like at some point it has to either stop fully or transition, uh, and I couldn't tell you when that would be. I guess the 95 maybe i'm not not even sure toy
3: story 1995 dawn of the toy story oh
0: wow Mm. (laughs) there we go oh wow yeah i guess i could see that good burger intro in the toy story movie i think that is the transitional period yeah
2: it's like the oldest old school veggie tales isn't getting vibes
0: (laughs) (laughs) where they're just differently shaped polygons moving around (laughs) and telling you about jesus
3: I swear, I saw just, like, a smooth cone floating through a black void, and I got so excited.
2: Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Love a cone. Those are the good screensavers.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Um, that'd be great. Uh, I'll have to check that out. My What's New Scooby-Doo is that I saw uh, The Batman on Thursday, the, the evening it yes. came out. It is three hours long. Uh, by the time this come out, it'll, it'll be probably out of theaters, uh, was... <laughs> By the
3: time this comes out, it could be even longer. It keeps that's what growing. I was thinking. It has an insatiable <laughs> hunger.
0: By the time it comes out, uh, it'll be three times—I don't know—forty-eight days, whatever that is. Oh. Um, but uh, it is really good. I really enjoyed it. And while it is three hours long, and that may be long <clears throat> for a movie for a lot of people, that's not. There wasn't a single scene in that movie I think I would take out. Wow! And every scene attributed to the story, and I don't think I would lose any one of them. So wow, that's right. high praise. Yeah. In fact, uh,
3: I saw it and I wanted more things. But the one, yeah. the more thing I wanted was like one more Alfred scene at the end.
0: <laughs>
1: Just
3: check in with Alfred one more time. That's a quality Alfred.
0: Yeah. Uh, Andy Sergis did a great job as Alfred. Mm-hmm. He was very fun, uh, especially as like a young Alfred. Like, yeah. Sure. Very cool. This is. T- Two years into Batman's career, uh, oh. Robert Pattinson is like a young Batman, still kind of new to everything. Uh, Gordon have have been working for, with him for like maybe a year or something like that, uh, and it's it's all very interesting and very fun. Uh, I I don't want to spoil anything, and I, I will try <laughs> not to, but. They really just kind of jump into it, and it's just a Batman story. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what I love love about it the most. It's just Batman story.
2: So no origin at all.
0: I mean, it's mentioned, but that's it. Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it spends its time very efficiently on things that you you do need to see for this story. It it knows you already know who the Batman is.
2: (laughs) If you don't at this point, I don't know where you've been. Arkham, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hadn't uh, seen this movie yet, but I have heard one thing that kind of piqued my interest, mm-hmm. in that this is not a gritty Batman movie like so many others have been. That this is a spooky Batman movie.
3: Yeah, which kind of yeah.
2: that that got my attention. Yeah,
3: one of my Just, friends. I would say it's
2: spooky.
3: Des- one of my friends described it as prestige emo.
2: Okay.
0: Like the movie The Prestige or the, the no. concept prestige? Okay. Uh,
3: gourmet emo, if you will.
0: <laughs> okay, I can see that. Uh yeah. So yeah, very good. Uh if it's not out at the time you hear you're hearing this, uh sorry. Uh and look forward <laughs> to when it when it releases. Sorry you right. missed it. Sorry for just, this very late review.
3: Yeah, just turn on your HBO Max and wait. It will eventually arrive
2: just
0: sit there and wait uh but yeah it's where people
2: go for uh they go to podcast for right it's like dvd previews yeah (laughs) (laughs) not movie previews never movie previews (laughs) dvd previews
3: right we're gonna show you what the interactive menu will be
0: (laughs) (laughs) can we do a, a side podcast just about interactive menus
3: Yes, this hmm. is this is right within my wheelhouse of vintage computer animation. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was gonna say that would hmm. be fun. Just Easter eggs, DVD Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Big O, shall we? Speaking yes. of things, you know, things that are old that are very good, and mm-hmm. things that are Batman, things that are Batman, right. exactly. <laughs> it touches on everything, and I would I would say Big O is pretty gourmet, honestly. Let's yeah. Let's bring that into the circle.
3: This is um, for an elevated palette.
0: <laughs> truly. So Pete, uh, you I you came to us with a series of options for yes. uh, stuff you would like to talk about on the show, and one of those was Big O, and we jumped on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you <sighs> want to talk about your your history with Big
2: O first? Oh yeah. Well, um, I think I should probably start with I. Obviously, if you've watched the show, it is uh, clearly not your standard Saturday morning fare.
1: No. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: unless technically, I think the very first time that I watched it, uh, Little Teeny Tiny Pete uh, was staying up much too late, put on, I think it was uh, Cartoon Network or Adult Swim. like, And it was around the time where they start to cycle the shows again, like if you're up that late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the first episode, I think, first or second episode of Big O came on, And I was just, like, transfixed with wide eyes. Like, what is this big, what's this giant robot with piston elbows for punching? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and it was just, like, a lot grittier. Oh, not grittier. But it was a lot, like, more gothic and, like, Mm -hmm. noir than stuff you'd get on the cartoon network. Yeah. yeah. Around that time.
3: There's zero children in it. (laughs) Yeah. I well, I think don't think that's true.
2: <laughs> I think yeah, I think it was
0: an episode about like uh about a orphanage. I'm not sure. Could uh, be.
3: Oh, but but it's a a very mature cartoon, not an adult cartoon, mm-hmm. but just Oh yeah. It's I mean it's yeah. about a negotiator. He like wears ties, he has a briefcase. Like no other mm-hmm. cartoons you were exposed to as a kid had that.
2: Yeah, not yeah. A, a serious business womanizer. Not you're not going to get a lot of that in you know yeah. Cow and Chicken around that time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, did, I didn't want anything out of Cow and Chicken, but <laughs> 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 yeah, me and Mel, I think we we videotaped this when uh, when we were growing up. It was yeah. one of the shows that we taped?
3: Yeah, uh, I remember watching this on in the afternoons on Toonami. I think I, it started there, and then maybe after it had some success with the older audience. It was part of the adult swim anime block. And yeah. I was taken with this immediately. Yeah. Because it is so Gothic because it is mysterious mm-hmm. and it felt very different. I mean, it, obviously it's a lot like Batman, the animated series, but besides that, it's unlike anything else you're seeing. Definitely. Unlike anything else on cartoon network.
0: Yeah. This was, I think I got into this right in the era of like, Getting into big robots. Like, I think G Gundam mm. was around this era, mm. which was my first Gundam show. You know, like Transformers. Like, you, you're learned to love big robots as a small boy uh, in the 90s.
2: And. Kinda.
0: Yeah, Big O was just like, I like the cut of this Big O's jib. There's something different <laughs> about this show, and I like it. Uh, See,
3: and I was barely into the robot. I accepted the robot as, as part of the premise, but I was there entirely for dorothy i i I care less about max but a lot about androids
2: yeah (laughs) see i i'm glad to hear you say it because honestly i had that shift as i like went into my you know uh latter half of my 20s where it's like okay big robots you can get that basically anywhere minus you know the big piston punches which are still really good (laughs) but like uh but then i'm noticing like the humanity of the robots and like the whole memory angle, like it's Mm -hmm. really engaging.
0: So uh, for the listeners, a brief premise of Big O is it is 40 years since everyone in Paradigm City has lost their memories. Roger Smith is a suave negotiator who lives in a, in a high rise mansion with his Butler Norman and, uh in i think this is in the first couple of episodes kind of mm-hmm. a robot made android made dorothy who uh is picked up i think from their first case doesn't have another place to live lives with them and uh roger doesn't remember why he can pilot the giant robot known as big o mm-hmm. uh but he can and he whenever there's a big robot in town that needs punching he punches it <laughs> uh and it's it's very noir, very detective. It's a mm-hmm. uh, case of the week, monster of the week, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's very approachable, I'd say, as a, as an anime nineties. Yeah, the 90s.
2: yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it has like very disparate tones depending on which season or which episode you're watching, because sometimes mm-hmm. it can shift from, like you said, very noir, uh, but sometimes it can also get very light, which is one of the episodes we're going to be watching. Yeah. Uh, that we watched for this. Yes. But then you also have kind of like the weirdly cerebral, which I've kind of subtitled the tomato episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, that's perfect.
0: They are the tomato episodes. There's a po- there's part, I think it's the DVD cover of, of like one of the early releases. It's just mm. Roger with a tomato on his cheek, <laughs> just holding it there like he's, like he's icing a sore tooth. And I'm like... That means nothing if you haven't seen the, like <laughs> two specific episodes.
3: He's fondly caressing a tomato like it's a lover. <laughs> Please buy this show.
0: Uh, but yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's run down the facts, shall we? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Name of the show is The Big O. Little, the letter O, not O-H. Mm-hmm. It was created by uh, Kaichi Sato and kazuyoshi katayama uh it was produced by sunrise and this was one of their like earlier like very big hits for sunrise studio this is like their like magnum opus of the 90s was big o and uh, i think they still have a like a soft spot even though they're still releasing new anime they still love big o uh there were two seasons 13 episodes each so 26 episodes it ran in total from 1999 to 2003 country of origin was Japan. Uh, original channels was in Japan. It was wow. Wow. Uh, and over here it was Toonami, and then adult swim for season two adaptations adaptations. Of course, big O started as a manga. There was, uh, I believe six total, uh, mm-hmm. original mangas. And then there was two that came out later that fit in the story. Uh, between, like,
2: volume five and six. Did it mm. really start as a manga? I was under the assumption the anime was first.
0: Well, let's do some investigating, shall we? <laughs> uh, the manga started serializing three months before the anime premiere. It, no kidding. It's possible that the uh, anime production started first, and then they mm-hmm. started the, mm. the manga after. I'm sure that's, that's not, like, not uncommon. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just shortly before the anime. There was a big, like, art book that I wish I had called The Big O Visual. <gasps> I would love to have that, but I doubt that that's... That sounds great. It, I doubt you could find that now. Um, there was an audio drama in... Yeah! Uh, Excuse was, me? Yes! That was released <laughs> in Japan. You can find the... Uh, the American translation was written by the English dub translator of the show, and you can find... It is a script online.
2: Ooh. Okay.
0: And I will just give you a little excerpt that I found in this. Where Norman says, bye, sir. And Roger says, you said I had a guest. So that's out of context. Something about him being bisexual. But it was the first thing I saw. And I took a screen cap. Huh. <laughs>
2: well, then. Yeah. I don't know if it's... I don't remember where it is. Nice I couldn't find know. it again. <laughs>
3: uh, let's see. I remember reading about that audio drama in an mm-hmm. An America magazine at the time. And I'm like, when when will these ever find their way to me? There was, I remember reading about audio dramas for several different shows. I think that was a popular format Mm -hmm. in japan at the time the way we never had i mean sometimes you would get a brief interstitial piece of dialogue on a pokemon soundtrack and that was it (laughs) i
1: think
2: you could i think you get that for like video games too especially around that era Mm. i vaguely recall hearing something along those lines for a final fantasy game something like that
0: that would be amazing uh nowadays i mean they still do audio drama dramas they still do audio dramas today Uh, But they're released as podcasts, mainly through, like, uh, Marvel. There's a lot of different uh, companies that release audio dramas now. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, The Big O uh, Robot himself was in two uh, video games that I don't think were released in America. They were called Super Robot Wars D and Super Robot Wars Z. Uh, There was, of course, a lot of toys and models for uh, the Big O. You could get either like the big O in pieces, put them together, or sometimes you could get big O with like a little unmovable Roger Smith action figure or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly just, it's... E- uh,
2: I would just like to to, to add real quick, mm-hmm. if anyone out there has a figma of Roger Smith or Dorothy they're trying to get rid of, please hit me up.
0: <laughs> Ooh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I would love that. I Something about me that doesn't want to get... A figure that is only like four inches, even if it is for something I really love, I'm like that's kind of too small <laughs> for mm. me to appreciate. <laughs> like I would, I would like a big statue if I'm gonna like order something that's out of print anymore. Oh, like that huge mm-hmm.
2: big O that they had over at the Adult Swim offices.
0: Yes, I would love that. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's all the adaptations for the voice actors uh, for specifically the English dub. We have, as Roger Smith, the wonderful Steve Bloom, or Blum, depending mm-hmm. on who you, t- who you talk to, uh, voice of Spike Spiegel and, and many other uh, anime roles. We have the voice of Dorothy, is Leia Sargent. Uh, you might best know her as Millie from Trigun, uh, as, mm. as well as a okay. lot of other stuff. Dostin, C- Commander Dostin, Captain Dostin. He's oh. in the military police and holds the title Dostin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's been in Naruto. He's been in uh, both regular and Shippuden, uh, Transformers. He's he's done a lot of stuff. Uh, Rave Master as Gail Raregroove, if that means anything to you. Oh,
2: that would mean something to my girlfriend. Very <laughs> they, big on Rave Master.
0: Yes, we will definitely get to Rave Master at some point. Let's see Angel is uh wendy lee she was in the swiss family robinson robinson Robertson, robinson uh all of them all of them Everyone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was in a lot of stuff oh yeah she played bulma in dragon ball from
1: 86
2: to 89 oh uh, okay yeah
0: beck is played by bob book buck Buk- buck b-u-c-h-h-o-l-z um
2: hmm.
0: uh, they were in Beastars and uh, Duel Masters. They were in a lot of stuff. Outlaw Star, they played Gene Starwind. Ah! <gasps> what a yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Man, Outlaw Star. That was something we watched alongside the Big O.
0: Absolutely. Uh, hmm. and, and then this character, whose name I didn't know until I read this, uh, the informant that Roger will sometimes visit for his cases is called oh. Big Ear. Oh, yeah. you have that listed. Cool. Yeah. I
1: had
0: no idea his name was Big Ear. That's
2: great. I, yes. I only found that out today from the manga. <laughs> what? That's wonderful. I, yeah. Did you know I this,
3: Mel? No. I think I did know this. I think I oh. had an An America magazine that had an article about Big O that had like, like labels. Here's a list of all the characters, and we labeled them with their names, which was common for An America to have just like a roster. <laughs> of who was in a particular show. Yeah, I knew his name was Big Ear. I didn't know that was rare information.
0: How dare you keep that from me all these years? (laughs) (laughs) I had to find out through other means. It's
2: never uttered aloud on the show.
0: No, I don't think so. There's a lot of... I don't think, uh, when I was doing uh, research for this, a lot of the robot names, a lot of times like robots will just pop up for Big O to fight, and you never find out their names. But I think they all (laughs) have names. Um, anyway, uh, Big Eater is played by Jameson Price. They were in Moncoli Nights as Professor Haragi. They're they're in a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, there it is. They're in a Beautiful Joe as Hulk Davidson. Oh, right on. <laughs> yeah. Another vo- another name to, to round us out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of stuff. Tarkus from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, they were in Seven Ooh. Deadly Sins as Dreyfus. That's, you know, that tracks.
2: What was the name from JoJo? Uh... Tarkus? That could be anybody. I don't know. That could be anyone. <laughs> it's anime. Anyone could
0: be told, called Tarkus. <laughs> and that's all the facts I have for you guys. Briefly, before we get into the episodes, we're going to watch the opening to the show. It will oh. play under us as a bed, so we'll be cool. reacting to it. Uh, it's is... very
2: simple. It's about a minute and seven. Yep. Uh, is this the OG intro, or is this the new one that sounds like "You've Really Got Me Now" by the Kinks?
0: This is the one that says big O a lot.
2: Oh, sweet. That's the. Re- okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the one that we watched with the DVDs. That's the one I went with. Um, so, yeah, it's about a minute seven. I'm going to uh, hit play to sync up with myself later. Hit play in three, two, one, play.
2: I. This is yet another one of those intro, like one of the parts of the show that just had me transfixed. On like oh, yeah. <laughs> three in the morning on Saturday.
3: Yeah, I remember the that. Of this. Yeah, it's like wow. they're suspended in front of lava. There's a watch flying it's around in front of a newspaper.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of like uh, black profiles of like the car, Big O, yeah. the characters.
2: the uh, different iconography from the show yeah
3: labels their Uh, roles negotiator android butler officer officer, the four key character archetypes
0: (laughs) and the big o train
3: that i don't think we saw in our (laughs) episodes no
2: No. not in this one um it is like reference like you see a railroad but that's about it yeah which i think that vehicle has a name i think it's called the prairie dog that's
3: great oh that sounds familiar yes
2: Awesome. I, think he's got awesome. I dig on. this
3: opening, but it, it does feel very different from the main aesthetic of the show. This opening has oh, always puzzled me.
2: It is jarring, yeah.
3: Why isn't it more goth? <laughs>
2: I Help I will me. say, as strange as that intro is, it's definitely less strange than the one that uh they introduced to the series later. Because if you bought the Blu-ray like I have, mm. they changed the intro because I think they lost the rights to that song.
0: Oh, no. interesting.
2: Yeah, which they just use clips from the show, which, you know, gives you a better idea of the show, but don't want it. where's my Give lava in me... newspapers and yeah. spinning silhouettes? Mm-hmm. Give
0: me vague, vague profiles and someone repeatedly singing the name of the show. How else am I going to know what the name <laughs> of the show is? <laughs> so the episodes we watched today, uh, I don't have the names of. I just have. We watched 15 and 18. Mel, do you remember what uh, names we watched?
3: Yes, Episode 15 is Negotiation with the Dead. Uh, This is part of season Mm -hmm. two. Season one is 13 episodes. So like when you pick up the season two box set, this is labeled episode two, you know, but uh, if we're doing it continuously, yeah. yeah. Uh, Episode 15, Negotiation with the Dead. And episode 18, The Greatest Villain.
0: (laughs) It's very great. (laughs) Truly. Let's, uh, Let's jump
3: into it, shall we? I'm excited. I, I want to say that season one, I I loved season one. And I think season two was produced much later. And I had actually never mm-hmm. seen any of season two until this week. That's great.
2: That's uh, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to,
0: see, to hear your first takes on this. A lot of these, I think at some point I've seen all these episodes. But yeah, it was certainly weird to like rewatch them and be like, I do like this. This is, this is nice, yeah. and I do remember what all this is. <laughs> yeah. Watching it re- rewatching Big O is just really comfortable because it's easy to get into. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, especially with a couple like these where it's kind of like, I tried to go for as much as the classics as mm-hmm. possible, mm-hmm. Uh, which sadly a lot of the classics in season one, at least, uh, can be summarized as Dorothy meets a blank and blank turns into a monster. That's usually what happens <laughs> in those.
0: Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Roger, Roger meets them. They're actually a giant robot. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we open on, uh, I think, Roger trying to sleep in and Dorothy playing the piano at 9 a.m. Like she always does. <laughs> and they always do. Uh, yeah. Roger constantly wants to sleep in. And since Dorothy has moved in, she always plays the piano at 9 a.m. Much to Roger's chagrin, he wakes up and yells at her.
2: <laughs> which she actively ignores.
0: Yes, she will actively ignore. Mm-hmm. D- Dorothy's uh demeanor is very like uh deadpan and just kind of like a little sassy, but like 10% mm-hmm. sassy uh and yeah. 90% like an- Android.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah.
0: She's going to do what she wants. She don't care. Uh Yeah. Also the I want this is where I noticed the art style of the show. Everyone kind of has the first thing that came to mind is the Grinch fingers, but that's not ac- accurate. Uh, they have like <laughs> a, they have pointy fingers, and my first thought was yes. pointy fingers. The Grinch. Uh, yes. Huh. Yes. Yeah.
3: Like the re- yes, yeah, re- the
0: fi- the fingers come to like a point, like a they potato do. skin.
3: Uh, and <laughs> yeah, like they have bugle fingers.
0: They got bugle fingers. Yeah, and a little
2: bit salad fingers.
0: Yeah, and they have like. Ears, like like pointed ears. They have ears. They have uh <laughs> like pointed ears, but not in like an elf way. Just in like yeah. a stylistic way. Everything's yeah. like a little like triangular and like sharp and suave and curved mm. and all that. Mm-hmm. And that's Roger the people.
3: Roger Smith himself, his shoulders are preposterously wide. He looks normal <laughs> otherwise. Uh yeah. and he also I love that his eyebrows are shaped like the letter T. <laughs>
0: He's, yeah, he's pickaxe eyebrows <laughs> that come out and That's have what
3: it is. A-
0: axes on either side, uh, not in the middle on the outside.
2: But yeah, You'd think I'll... a guy like Roger would want to like tighten that up a little bit, you know? It yeah. is tight enough for him. You don't want to see. <laughs> oh, right. he's all over.
0: But yeah. Uh, so he's he's waking up. He's he's trying to go about his day.
2: He has kind of like a, a brief philosophical argument with Dorothy about playing piano, mm-hmm. which yeah. you, you kind of get the feeling that he did do this like every single day. Yeah.
0: yeah. This, is, <laughs> this is like sitcom conversations like this is this is a conversation we're going to have every day in a different way.
3: Yeah. Uh, when she wakes him up and he yells at her, she says it's a tradition. And he says traditions and rules are different.
0: He's like, you're right, Dorothy (laughs) Traditions are important, but not this This is bad, what you're doing is bad
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, A guest has come To his his penthouse to visit Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is an old lady Named Kelly Fitzgerald And she says she wants Roger To negotiate with an assassin Who has been killing off Important senators And her husband is a senator So Roger believes, oh no, this lady's husband May be next Exactly. Uh,
2: they, now, they, they set this up within the first few minutes, but I feel like the person who he's actually negotiating with changes like f- from scene to scene. Mm,
0: yeah. I would uh, th- any good negotiator negotiates with who's ever in front of them at that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, we say Roger is a negotiator. He's, uh, he's a spy. He's an action star. He's whoever mm-hmm. people need him to be. Negotiator is just what he calls himself. Uh, yeah.
3: Just kind of like. No, I was just going to say, like, if you need, if somebody has been kidnapped, you call the police to investigate the kidnapping. But if you need somebody Mm -hmm. to carry the briefcase of money to the kidnapper, that person is Roger. That's what Roger does.
2: Yeah. And you don't want to see it happen at all. Just in case things go completely wrong, you don't want to. Don't be there.
0: Yeah. While Miss Fitzgerald is explaining the job to him. She, uh he mentions like, oh, we're going to have to stop who's ever about to kill your husband. And she says something like, oh, no, he's he's, uh, my late husband needs help with, yeah. the, with this assassination. <laughs> and the problem is not that there's an assassinator. assassinator someone who assassins an assassinator uh, <laughs> is on their way to kill my husband. It's that my husband got killed by an assassin. And now we need to figure out what's going on with this assassin. Uh, but I still need you to save my husband.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how uh, this, I feel like this is the majority of the beginning of Roger's cases where someone, Uh someone is either intrudes on his life or is brought in against his wishes and says something so buck wild that he absolutely has to go look into it. Right. (laughs) He's like,
0: I can't carry on with my day until I figure out what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well,
2: mm-hmm. Mrs. Fitzger- Mrs. Fitzgerald, I don't understand at all, but I'm, I'll am i take the case.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what he does. So him and I think Dorothy comes along. They drive over to the Fitzgerald Manor, which everything in this town is like old money because it's all old money and no one knows where their money came from for the past <laughs> past 40 years ago. -hmm. So people that are living in mansions are like, I guess I'll keep living in this mansion. I don't know why I have it or what I made the money from, but I guess I'll keep living here. And you you could
2: have, you could have been a maid. You could have been like janitors, cleaning whatever. Yeah.
0: But they don't know. Yeah, and that's part of the fun of this world is everyone's just going on with what they assumed they did, like after that forty-year break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just creates a lot of interesting stories
3: mm-hmm, the whole town the, the even the yeah. the lusher, richer areas, everything feels ghostly <laughs> yeah. Yes,
0: everything feels like doll houses. It's all it's spooky like abandoned yeah yeah uh so Miss Mcgerald's leads Roger and Dorothy to her very fancy home and into a fancy cylindrical library tube where <laughs> they yep. they walk in. And there's a, a man in a wheelchair, and we can't see his eyes. His eyes are covered in shadow. And it's in, it's uh, presumed that this is Roscoe Fitzgerald.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the, 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 the Roscoe claims that all the senators that were killed last year, i.e. in, in season one, uh, they all died because they mentioned to someone close to them that they remembered something from before 40 years ago. A lot right. of the mm-hmm. reason... People are killed in the show is because they have memories and people want to steal those memories to profit off right. them or to like feed their own. Like,
2: now I have memories and I can remember stuff to have the upper mm-hmm. hand on life or whatever. A lot of the time, you don't. I mean, this is <laughs> when the whole world forgets everything, you kind of assume that you're going to want to remember what you forgot, but a yes. lot of the time. Mm-hmm. In Paradigm City, at least when you remember something, either you are a target of assassination or you go nuts.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nothing in between.
3: Yeah, it's never like you. You go to the mayor, like mayor. I remember something, and the mayor's like, "Well, let's get you up on a podium. Well, you got to tell the people. <laughs> Everyone, gather round. We remember a thing."
0: Yeah, everyone's just kind of happy to like go about their lives without their memories. They're a lot happier now. Uh, in fact, the beginning of season two is an episode where Roger seems to be in the past before the 40-year mm. break. Yeah, mm. uh, And he's a completely different person than, than the person you see today. So it's implied that everyone should just go ahead and go with the motions and keep on doing what they're doing because they can't go back. That's wild. Mm-hmm. So uh, Roscoe is explaining that The people that were assassinated last season, all these young senators, actually had the memories from the older senators that, I guess, were uh, deposed by these younger senators in that past 40 years. Mm -hmm. So all those people might still have their memories, but the young people were killed. Um, And the assassin uh, that we saw in the last season... Was the android that looks like Dorothy, which is not uncommon yeah. in this show, uh, <laughs> yeah? Called RD, and she looked like Dorothy, but she was crazed, and she had like a like a Red
2: Riding Hood like cape and hood and mm-hmm. everything.
1: Mm. Uh,
2: the uh, origin story of Dorothy is slippery at mm-hmm. best. If you if you try to you know seriously understand it, your brain's going to start popping and fizzing. It's it's. <laughs> It's hard to even sum up, which is why I hadn't brought it up. It, it's yeah. actually—I'm not gonna—I won't—I won't, I won't uh, get into the description here. But like, if you do read the manga at some point, um, they actually describe it a little more more coherently, you know, Good. with her two dads.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think,
2: I think I have volume one
3: of the manga somewhere, but I'm not sure. I I remember us owning this okay, at some point remember. during this scene where Roger is talking to his negotiation clients. This old lady gives him a check for $30.85. <laughs>
2: okay, so it was yes. for that much. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. She... Yeah, the,
0: uh, Roscoe makes a show of like signing a check and ripping it off the book and handing <laughs> it to, to his wife. And then, and then the camera looks at it and it's like, $38.85, like, whatever. Yes. <laughs> And I'm like, I guess there could be a recession. This could be, like, an appropriate amount of money. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. It looks just like, here's what we can afford. And Rogers is like, I'll take the case.
2: Like, do you have any... Is there anything in your big, expensive, like, library silo that you can lend to me? Like, as payment, maybe? These are all fake books. No, you can buy Roger Smith...
3: for the cost of one dinner at like California Pizza Kitchen. He's an (laughs) affordable man. He's a
0: California Pizza Kitchen kind of detective.
3: (laughs) 40 years ago, everybody in this Pizza Kitchen lost their memories.
0: (laughs) No one even knows what California is anymore. It must have been a place where pizza (laughs) was made. Right.
3: We just carry on with a tradition none of us remember establishing. Yep.
0: Uh, so Roscoe is essentially hiring him. Like, I want to know the origin of that android with the Red Hood and why they were killing people with memories. That's what I'm hiring you to do. Yeah. And he doesn't explain why he's still alive. He, he, he they gloss over <laughs> that.
2: Yeah. Um, well, yeah. either that or Roger just forgot. Yeah. It <laughs> hey, could be. Um,
3: it's rude to ask somebody who's supposed to be dead while they're still alive.
2: <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, if if you... If you're under the assumption that someone is supposed to be dead and you're looking right at them, it does feel a little odd to actually outright ask them.
0: Oi, why aren't you flat and in the ground? That's how I would do it, very politely.
3: <laughs> Thank you for the model. Yeah. Uh, next, Roger and Dorothy go to get info from Big Ear, as Roger does in Big most Ear. episodes. But this is the first time Dorothy has ever come along and they're in that, mm-hmm. like, Big Ear is sitting there at this cafe table behind his big newspaper and Rogers sitting by him casually slides (laughs) the money across the table exact same posture and Dorothy uh, is just standing there not doing anything blankly standing watching this whole thing Uh,
2: utterly natural
3: yeah not conspicuous (laughs) at all just regular Dorothy things yeah
0: (laughs) and then I think Big Ear like kind of talks about like why is, what's what's she doing here, but then just kind of lets it go he's he's very easy to get along with mm-hmm. um, also the only thing to, to like really describe about big ears is he's just like he doesn't have big ears uh he's well, normal sized ears, and he's just kind of looks like a guy reading a newspaper in a bar like he's a little old he's got like y- like tinted sunglasses on, and he's yeah. got like a little he's got a little yamaka or something on his head yeah
2: <laughs> yeah, a little bit
0: yeah. So there's there's not we don't ever know anything more than that. There's not an origin no. story for Big Ear. He's just always no. the informant.
2: Yeah, it, I kind of like it that way though. That there's no yeah. explanation behind this guy.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm absolutely down for that. Yeah, uh, I like him. At some point yeah. during this conversation, uh, Roger gets a call on his video watch from Norm and his butler. Who frequently calls to ask, will you be home for dinner, sir? But when he does it this time, he's holding an entire steaming pot up to the camera. <laughs> Here it is, the dinner. I'm Look, waiting for you. I, I, I carried it. This pasta is so heavy. Look, come <laughs> home.
0: This camera's out in the kitchen. I had to carry this upstairs. <laughs> I'm in the study.
2: Norman has, Norman is the best dad butler. He mm-hmm. yeah. is obsessed with just two jobs in his entire life. And one is to maintain and fix big O after his encounters. Mm-hmm. And the other is to make sure that Roger Smith is fed. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. There's a,
3: there's a bit in the next episode we're going to be talking about where Roger's gone for a long time. They don't know when he's going to come back and Norman continues to prepare a hot dinner uh, when Roger will not be home to eat it while it's still hot and Dorothy is an android and cannot eat it so he's just making soup for nobody
2: <laughs> he, he's, he's ever vigilant with that soup
0: yeah there'll be soup one day and, and this Norman... is this. Roger will
3: enjoy the soup I swear <laughs> this is the soup that never goes <laughs> out the soup always stays lit
0: He he says I think in the next episode that like No matter what, I will always have hot soup ready for Roger, (laughs) which I I think kind of implies that they aren't that rich, that it's always soup. It's always some kind of soup. (laughs) Oh, my God.
3: Right. This isn't like Lego Batman coming home to his lobster Thermidor every night. True. It is just, like, (laughs) progresso. Well,
2: if the cases are particularly light and you're only getting paid 30 bucks a pop and, you know. Yeah. I mean, only
0: two of you have to eat. Uh, yeah, Dorothy can only do so much work, but yeah, right. So mm. big ear and uh, Roger speculate on like the assassin who could have built it, and about how there's really only one man in the past 40 years who could have built a new Android and that is yeah. the same person that created our Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Mm. So they go back to uh, I think it's like a very tall mansion. It's a mansion vertical. Like, yeah,
2: yeah. It, which super fits in with the rest of the neighborhood. I gotta yep. say,
0: <laughs> love the architecture. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they they drive up and the, and uh, they start like exploring. This is an abandoned manor. No one's supposed to be here. The man who designed Dorothy designed him after his daughter. Mm-hmm. One of the
2: two men yeah. who called her his daughter. Yeah.
3: Right, one who is vaguely one who may be the inventor, and one who may be the biological father of the person Dorothy is modeled after. Yes, those are yeah. separate guys.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I wanna I wanna see like just one episode of them two meeting each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, just two dads hanging out, two two dream daddies. <sighs> uh-huh. But yeah they are exploring roger and dorothy are like exploring the space it's very barren like these are like dollhouses because like you can see people have like gone in and like ransacked everything like the walls are empty the shelves are empty
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm. i'm sure in those first 40 years everyone just kind of took everything and sold it to make any (laughs) kind of money which maybe ruined the market maybe that's what happened
2: It could oversaturate. I mean, clearly they had no use for whatever everything was plated. It was like copper or something.
0: Yeah. There was a a big, they walk into a big room and it's full of empty shelves, like empty shelves, empty shelves all the way up to the ceiling. And they're plated uh, with like, yeah, copper on everything. And Mm -hmm. Dorothy's like, I don't know why he did this, but
3: yeah, uh, every, (laughs) every square inch is copper plated. And they notice that it's all clean. It's all perfectly clean, not covered in dust. So somebody has been here recently.
0: Yeah, someone's been maintaining the space. Hmm. they 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 accidentally activate a silent alarm. They will kind of walk through the beam and everything. And then we cut to a red hooded stranger that starts to walk through the mansion.
2: Is this uh, is this uh, before or after? Uh, Dor- Roger fails to open a door, and Dorothy just kind of lets him fall through it. by opening it, <laughs> this,
0: that, that after, yeah. yeah. Roger cannot open doors, and, and Dor- Dorothy uh, is the best at opening doors, <laughs> so she gets to do it. Um, but yeah, they walk through this. Uh, they activate that per- that person kind of strolling through the mansion, and back in the lab. Dorothy gets stuck to a big magnet. Uh, oh, something yeah. that happens to her a lot, unfortunately, is that weirdly just, often. Yeah. There's just a big like circular magnet, just a super magnet at the top <laughs> of the room. And she walks it. She walks forward
2: and gets like a little dizzy. And then we just mm-hmm. hear a thunk and we look up and she's yeah. stuck to the top of this magnet. Something something that I love about this in this episode at is that this is shortly after Dorothy is telling Roger, like, Oh, silly, silly human. I'm not programmed for nostalgia or feelings. Oh, no. I'm being lifted into the air. Uh-oh.
0: A feeling. <laughs> I don't feel good. Roger, uh, it's a bad feeling for weakness. me, a heavy person.
3: Your weakness is feelings. My weakness is magnets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we are not the same. Uh So... uh Roger sees this happening, and he looks around. Uh, also, Dorothy had, like, she has this hairband in the front of her hair, yeah. which is built into her, and it comes out as, like, a CD tray, and it also works as a flashlight. That's so and good. It, it yeah. was working as a flashlight, and when she gets sucked up to the magnet, it becomes a spotlight for the room as a unfinished android mm-hmm. kind of stumbles in with, like, piercing, like, green eyes and, like, like a half built frame Mm -hmm. and like the part of their heads and then just suddenly lunges at Roger and moves in like unnatural ways, like starts like spinning just the body and the head staying in place. Uh, Mm. The the way the show does action scenes is so much fun. And
2: Um, now we know who's been cleaning the place.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Assumably them. Um, And just when Roger is about to get uh, sliced and diced by this android, There is uh, someone with a red hood at the door, and they pull up a gun, and they shoot this android between the eyes. And then the android's like, I'm a robot, I got more than that. And then (laughs) they just empty the clip into the robot, and we see more chunks of it fly away.
2: None of the bullets hitting Roger at all, which is a miracle.
0: Very good bullets. Uh, And Angel is the one that takes off the the, uh, hood and reveals herself. Angel is this, like... A femme fatale, like yeah. blonde like double agent
2: for someone, but no one Qu- knows who. Possibly some sort of quintuple agent.
0: Yeah. Mm. She's always like doing her own thing. She what's that um uh that character from in the third? Like Fujioka? Uh just someone who is oh. there for her own means and her own. Fujiko, means I think. Fujiko, there it is, yeah. Um uh,
2: but yeah. Uh she's just here for her own job, and if she gets paid, that's what she's here for. Um. Uh, I love, uh, Angel's one, I wanted to have an episode where Angel showed up at least once because Mm -hmm. Angel is one of those characters uh, in Big O where she shows up unexpectedly to audience applause, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, uh, oh. Go ahead. Oh, uh, and something else that I love just really quick here. uh, I don't know when I'll have another moment to, to bring this up. Sure. Roger Smith there's something about Roger Smith's name that when people address him it's with the most venom ever <laughs> like they they say, every single person from friends to enemies says the words Roger Smith as though it's a swear yeah yeah
0: i this what this is 40 years since they lost their memory i don't know what happened in that 40 years we know that Roger Smith used to work with the military police. I don't know if we know that happened before the 40 years or like hmm. in the past uh, since they since everyone uh, woke up or everything. Uh, but yeah, he seems to be just be going around <laughs> negotiating, but serving his own purposes. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's just like a lousy guy or
2: something. But yeah, everyone hates him. Yeah, He <laughs> is a bit of a jerk to people. So he is, is like, a bit of a jerk. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, it's just the thing. It's one of it's been one of my favorite things for years. Yeah. That how often when people say Roger Smith, it sounds just like you piece of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's him. And he also
0: just like c- constantly makes enemies throughout the show. So, mm-hmm.
3: what if you lost huh. all your memories that, and that included you losing all memories of swears and then you have to invent new swears? <gasps> <laughs> brand new
0: swears what a feeling <laughs> guys I, just... if, you're, if you were to create a brand new swear what would it be oh.
3: right now
2: oh flark I,
3: I flark. would That's I do like one. the idea no. of just saying Roger Smith <laughs> it's a new swear actually yeah <laughs> Roger Smith let's canonize it here I would curse
0: horse I think horse would be my new curse horse horse is good ah, horse horse <laughs> Uh, Horse you, (laughs) horse you, horse or horse, mother (laughs) horse,
2: you horsey Roger Smith. (laughs) You are such a horse.
3: Horse that guy, am I right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's a
0: horse, of course. Uh, (sighs) So Angel walks in, and there, uh, after she's done blowing away this angel. Uh, don't blowing away this android mm. uh she's like isn't it about time you reconsidered your no guns policy negotiator which also again calls to batman having a no yeah. guns policy. uh roger accuses her of being a secret android like how do i know you're not <laughs> the android the assassin look at that red hood and that cape that looks awful assassinating of you um <laughs> But it kind of devolved from that, and he's like, okay, I believe you. And then they kind of start flirting back and forth. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. Dorothy's like, I'm still up here. Can someone get me down? (laughs) Like, uh, And then Roger's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I had almost forgotten about you. And she says, you are really such a louse, Roger Smith. Yeah.
3: Catchphrase. Yeah, that's her go-to
0: insult. I don't know what a louse is, but if it's anything like a horse, I... What a thing to say someone.
2: I oh, think it's God. like a bug. Ooh.
3: Yeah.
0: What a
2: bug.
3: It sounds. It sounds like a guy who sleeps till noon and only lets women into his apartment.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Insists that's... on only having black coffee. <laughs> <laughs>
3: makes yeah. his Butler make soups for him that he won't eat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Slaving over a hot soup for nothing. <laughs> uh, so while they were in this fight with this android, Roger had found this, like, little like tenth of a cd like a little it doesn't even have the ring it's just like a chunk of cd and dorothy like takes it and puts it in her like disc drive headband Mm -hmm. and she reads it and she uh says like this has a list of everyone who had had shared memories and had been killed and roscoe fitzgerald is not on this list he is never it's implied that he has never lost his memories that's wild yeah uh, so then we see a, uh, Megaduce, yep, uh, appear. Meg- Megaduce is this, w- this world's word for giant robot. Yeah. It's a Megaduce. Yes. It's a super two is what that would mean.
3: <laughs> uh, it, I don't know why they
0: call it that, but, but, but I do like the word. It's
3: spelled. It's, it's not spelled deuce. It's spelled deus, like, like the word for a God. They're mega gods. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, is
0: that what that? if yes. that's what that word was. Yeah,
3: about. it should be pronounced Mega Deus.
0: Oh, maybe. It oh, is oh I Japan. like that more. Yeah, maybe that's how it is in the in the subbed version. I'll have to listen for that. Uh, super God is is a lot better <laughs> than Super Number Two.
2: Well, I mean, you 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 need a Super God to fight Mega Death.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this Mega Deus just kind of appears. Uh, and it's it implied that maybe uh, it was triggered from them being in the lab. So he triggered something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just kind of starts getting up and walking towards the Fitzgerald mansion. And,
2: and just... there's, uh, and it's around this point, because when this Megaduce emerges from the ground, there's an, a, a quake. And, you know, this place starts to fall apart. Roger just kind of looks into the middle distance for a second and says, Roscoe Fitzgerald. I'm like... What, what is the... Res- what's what's the conclusion you're drawing here? I don't this, know.
0: This is just something he does, where he just, like, he's he gets distracted and he focuses back up, like, right, I have to talk to Roscoe Fitzgerald. You're the man I'm going to talk to in about an hour.
2: Yeah, he doesn't go do that. He just says Roscoe Fitzgerald and goes to fight the Jojo robot. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it is a Jojo robot. Yeah, the, the robot... I. Let me look up the name. I think it's called Blight or something like that. Ooh. Nope, not our Dorothy Wainwright. That is a robot name. Yeah. That is not at the, this point. That is not the robot name that I am looking for. That would be what? Dorothy number four? <laughs> yeah, at this point. Yeah. Uh, This Megaduce is called Glinda.
2: <laughs> Ooh.
3: Like the good witch. Oh.
2: Yeah. We're tying into Dorothy with the whole uh, yeah. uh, Wizard oh. of Oz thing now.
0: Interesting. I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this uh, Glinda is like very like sleekly designed, a lot of like gold, like angelic uh, styles to them. And they're approaching, being traced, chased by the military police. Every time a Megaduce shows up, the military police is like, we got this, <laughs> this time for sure. And chasing <laughs> after the Megaduce trying to stop it. Uh, Roger, Dorothy, and Angel are in Roger's car heading to the scene. And angel kind of like looks over and eggs eggs Roger, eggs Roger and eggs Roger on uh is like why don't you uh why don't you call that megaduce of yours on your fancy face
2: <laughs> yeah. he looks at it for a second this it is it's almost as if like saying well now I don't want to you tell me to go do it <laughs> yeah
0: well it's it's like a badly kept secret that uh Roger is the pilot of mm-hmm. the megaduce yeah mm, uh, very bad yeah so he's just like I guess it makes sense for you to know, but I don't like you saying it out loud. Uh, <laughs> and R- Roger does his uh, titular uh, yell into his O watch, where he just shouts, Big O, show time. And we see the, the eyes light up on the Big O underground. And uh, Norman had been cleaning it, so he was standing on Big oh. O, sees it activate oh and just jumps off just in time for Big O to, like, disappear under him.
2: You know, I I honestly was worried for Norman. Like, I felt bad that he was taken by surprise this way because he had to save his own life as Big O was emerging. Mm -hmm. But then I remembered, Norman called Roger about the robot. Yeah.
0: He said, like, is Big O okay? And Roger's like, yep, he's ready to go. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) at some point there was a miscommunication or something. Maybe he's just cleaning. Maybe Norman's just cleaning.
3: Yeah. It's Um, good. Could be.
0: But yeah, the way Big O gets to Roger all of the time is that there is, like, a series of labyrinthine tunnels mm. underneath Paradigm City full of, like, train tracks. Uh, there's an episode, I think, where he, like, investigates them a little bit more. But it'll the Big O will just go, uh, like, on its back, just, like, on this big fancy train, and it will arrive at wherever Roger is and spring out of the ground, like, headfirst, like... <laughs> breaking asphalt and streets and and infrastructure and rise out of the ground wherever Roger needs him, which I'm sure is one of the reasons that the military police hates the Big O. (laughs) So Big O, oh yeah, Big O emerges from the road right in front of this uh, Glinda, and Roger's already inside because of course he is, and he says, Big O, action! Uh, And they get to fight him. I guess we should describe Big O. Um, oh, oh
3: yeah. Big O looks like a—he looks like a train from the 1930s.
2: Yeah, he's like a locomotion yeah. man. That's yeah. perfect. I hadn't thought of
0: it that way. Yeah, he has uh, his facial expression. I love because it's like he couldn't care less about being what he's doing. <laughs> uh, like he's got a little bit of a mope and like bright yellow eyes. Yeah. He's got like a fireman helmet on with yeah! big bolts coming out of it, like yeah. Hellboy style.
2: Uh, nah, a big... Which kind of catches the his cowcatcher design on the torso yeah. there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's got like a cowcatcher turtleneck for like his body. <laughs> uh, and he's got like forearms, like Popeye forearms that don't end at the elbow. They keep going and they have yeah. pistons in them. Uh, so and when And cool. when he punches, Roger has these like two joysticks that Uh, He'll plunge forward and it'll like punch and then the piston will come out and then press down and then there'll be an explosion at the fist, Mm -hmm. which is super cool. Awesome. Uh,
2: It's like an earthquake punch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The whole shape of Big O is like not the shape a person would be. And that's kind of why I love it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's like only humanoid Uh, in the vaguest sense, and it looks less like other mechs and looks more like Mm -hmm. a building.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's why I want a big O figure so much, because I'm like, that's not a robot, but I do want to look at that more. Yeah.
3: To figure out what that is. This is the most architectural mech I've I've seen in anything. Ava's look too sleek. You couldn't build an Ava among a city skyline, but you could build a big O.
2: It's less an anime robot and more like an art piece.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Like this represents the sadness of the generation. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, is, this is the working class man's robot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the mechs are fighting. Uh, Glinda pulls a sword out of her hip that does the thing that all anime swords do where it gets longer by like pulling stuff out of it. Like it just keeps, uh, it's not retracting. It's, a, it's
3: telescoping. You know, like a, a plastic toy yeah. lightsaber.
0: Yeah, until it's a, a full sword. And they, they do a fight. Meanwhile, Dorothy and Angel walk up to uh, Roscoe and his wife, who are just like on the patio watching the robot fight, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> And Dorothy confronts Roscoe like, I don't understand why you did this. You have had your memories this whole time, but why didn't you say anything? You and me are just, are, are alike, but I do not understand why. Mm -hmm. And Angel kind of looks at him. He's like, wait, just like you. And then Roscoe stands (laughs) up and he was in a wheelchair and his like his lap blanket falls off Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he's got all down his back, a bunch of tubes and wires connecting him to the uh, wheelchair. And he says, even though us androids live a lot longer than humans, we still have our own shares of aches and pains.
2: And I think so that's... was Roscoe Fitzgerald never human i I think so um it's hard to tell yeah uh
0: based on like <laughs> the wife's reaction because he never lost his memories because he's an Android who has lived mm-hmm. that long at least that's what that's what's implied but hmm. the the big O kills the Glinda uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it uh it shoots like this like purple like gatling laser gun at it and it just eviscerates it Um, It
2: possibly the cool one of the coolest anime weapons i've ever seen Mm -hmm. yeah the the little gatling laser around the fist yeah which the process for some reason creates like a laser ring that like zeroes in and does the explosion at the end
0: yeah it's like a like a a weird smoke ring it's it's very cool oh i also wanted to mention the the sound effects for how the big o walks uh Hmm. that's very iconic, and I've never heard another mm-hmm. giant robot make these sound effect steps. And it's what I associate with Big O. It's kind of like the sound of springs, but if you deafened them, like or like deepened them, yeah, uh, to make them sound deeper and like uh, shorter. It's such an interesting noise. After the fight, uh, Roger and the general are. The general's just there. <laughs> He's just like, all right, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but there was a big robot fight. And I need to know why. Someone's in trouble. Um, so they're all there confronting Roscoe. And he like he also has a uh, CD drive in his head and pulls out a disc and is like, holding it aloft. And he's like, this is my memories. These are all of them. And he's like, if anything is payment enough for this job, it would be this. And goes to hand it to Roger. Uh, and we see a golden pistol with a very long barrel come into frame. And... Uh, it shoots Roscoe in the head and his head explodes into bits Roger and like Dawson try to, like sh- like uh grab him and like keep him out of arms way but it's already done and his head explodes into bits and the CD clatters to the ground and we see a little uh like spider like hand grab it and then mm-hmm. like a like a, a grappling hook kind of reels into the body of an assassin on the roof-hmm uh, a, cl- a clown
2: assassin?
3: Yeah, A, a clown assassin. Yeah, yes. like a pinstripe suit, old gangster, spectral clown. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. He's
0: he he looks. I don't know how what he looks like, but yeah, he's a pinstripe assassin clown, uh, with like one metal hand, and like you don't see his eyes under this like weird like hat, and he's got mm-hmm. like lipstick on, and he's very real. His, his name is Alan Gabriel. Uh, And he is an assassin that works for Alex Rosewater, mainly. Alex Rosewater is the kind of kingpin Mm -hmm. of uh, Paradigm City. So he grabs it. Uh, Dawson does a terrible job of returning fire, of of (laughs) shooting the man. Um,
2: Yeah, Angel tells him to shoot him. And Dawson just goes, shoot him?
0: Him? The assassin? (laughs) The man that killed this guy? In front of me? (laughs) Him? Shoot? and uh uh alan gabriel like tugs on an invisible wire and kind of just glides up like a spider like to the top of this glass dome that paradigm cities uh rich people live in
2: oh yeah that's right people live in domes yeah yeah
0: there's like people in the domes and people outside the domes like east egg west egg
2: Mm -hmm. the rich and the poor so I have a question about this escape tactic of Alan sure. Gabriel. Do you think he just hangs around on the ceiling up <laughs> right there until someone comes to get him? I do think that. I he...
3: hope somebody comes by in a blimp. This city looks like it should be full of dirigibles.
2: Yeah.
3: As we get to the end of this episode, I need to talk about one of my favorite parts of the Big O. I think if you asked me to name my okay. three favorite things about the show, it's uh dorothy's neck ruffle cravat the mournful jazz yes. soundtrack and the next episode preview that's at the end of an episode where it's just a desk covered in in, in sand glasses hourglasses, glasses with our glasses, our, our with glasses. sand glasses <laughs> It's a desk covered in hourglasses and one old phone and the phone rings and a hand comes in and picks it up while the like stretchy cord sits there and wobbles. And then a very intense voice tells you the title of the next episode. It's like, bring back my ghost. I love it. I always stay to hear the unnecessarily intense phone Mm -hmm. voice.
2: It is classy. Yeah. That is a classy way to preview the next episode. So mysterious.
3: Electric. city. Yeah. It reminds me of the Vern Fonk insurance commercial. Okay. What is that? <laughs> you know this, Jams. Pete, I, I don't know if you know it, but if not, you're going to learn. Not a clue. This is, is some local insurance company's holiday commercial I found on the internet. And it starts with th- this bald man zoomed in on his face and he very awkwardly, very intensely says, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa! Ramadan! And then it zooms out and it's him sitting with his family in front of a Christmas tree and they all say very normally, very pleasantly, Happy Holidays from Vern Funk Insurance.
2: I mean, hey, are people sharpening knives in the middle of <laughs> no, this? No, like... no.
3: There's just one one insurance agent, and I believe I read up on this, and he isn't actually Vern Fonk. He's just an agent of Vern oh Fonk. And he's just putting Ooh. so much pronunciation it becomes aggressive into this multicultural holiday greeting. And that's what the end of yeah. these episodes sounds like.
0: That was a Ooh. locked away memory that you you unlocked just now.
3: I can't believe you forgot. <laughs> uh, repressed, this. possibly. Why do I yeah. know these? I think about the term mega deuce and the fernfunk insurance commercial <laughs> all the time.
2: Can you find that commercial? That's gonna go in the oh, show.
3: Oh, absolutely.
2: Okay, cool. That's so good. Uh, uh, one one last note about this episode sure. um, is that that fina- like that preview with the phone man. Mm-hmm. Um, is always it's jarring on its own but it's especially jarring after the very soft and somber romantic song for the credits
3: yes yes
0: it's it's, uh another hourglass another sand glasses with uh roger and dorothy just kind of like sitting on it like it's any old chair (laughs)
3: right like it's their senior photos and they're sitting on a big year of graduation
2: (laughs) uh It's it's very odd tonally for the show but something that I love about it is that if you watch closely the sand actually does go Heck? down in the hourglass.
0: Oh, attention to detail. That. Interesting. Uh but yeah, it's if it, the music that oh. plays over the credit is uh very like lovely like a like a male female yes. duet about like mm-hmm. love. Uh, it's it's very weird and very oddly placed because Roger and Dorothy aren't pitted together as love interests. Dorothy will joke yeah. uh, occasionally, mm-hmm. and Roger will joke, but that's yeah. it. I don't think they're love I, interests.
3: I did ship them together a lot when I was 10 or 11, and in hindsight, I don't know what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I wanted them to just like hold hands or something. because she yeah. He's a very large-shouldered, gruff man. And she's this tiny little android who's very, very dry. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I like, I don't think they can yeah. kiss. I don't. Nobody ever kisses an android, as far as I remember in the show. I don't know if it's possible. So I don't know what this could actually be. But like for little, like, <laughs> tenth, ten year old me, like, wow, wow. What if she was his girlfriend well, and not just his maid?
2: It's star crossed. <laughs> <Right>. It's romantic. <laughs>
0: It's the classic story. You're a negotiator <laughs> who doesn't remember anything. <laughs> I'm a I'm a brand new person who's a robot. We've seen it a thousand
2: times. It always works it, out.
3: I aggressively play the piano at yeah. you every morning. That's how I say I love you.
2: I think <laughs> I agree with you, that like, there's very little actual romantic tension between them outside of like yeah. taunting. Uh which just makes it kind of like a fun workplace relationship. I'm I'm happy with that. It. Uh, I think in the manga, though, there is a little bit more of a romantic oh. angle, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, like, Roger doesn't want to say it out loud, and like it's very clear, and Angel gets very mad about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> Interesting. Like, there's more like longing looks in the book or something? A bit, oh. a bit more,
2: yeah. I like
3: oh. this. The, the 10-year-old me inside 31-year-old <laughs> <laughs> old me likes this.
0: <laughs> uh, let's let's keep yes. going, shall we? This next episode uh, yeah. is a real one doozy. Episode left, uh, I don't remember the name of this episode because I just called this the Return. It's of It's called
3: the Greatest <laughs> Villain. Yeah, and it you're right, it is the Return yes. of Beck, one of Roger Smith's greatest foes, uh, in that he's also like oh. a, a man in a suit, but his suit is entirely gold. He's blonde. He's super energetic and upbeat. He's mm-hmm. just totally. The absolute opposite of Roger Smith.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's a man who enjoys wearing yellow and clapping with his feet. <laughs> uh, he,
3: Specifically,
2: if, yes. Uh, Beck, is, Beck is like if Negaduck was Team Rocket. That's Ooh, Beck. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Beck, uh, Beck is like, he's like a shyster. He's like a con mm. man. This is his third
0: appearance in the series, I think.
2: Um, uh, fourth, if you count the weird, like, you know, uh, oh, the Roger back-in-time memory. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, in the in the back-in-time uh, episode one of season two, uh, Roger, I guess this is a little bit of spoilers, uh, Roger goes to what he assumes his house is, uh, but it's a bank. It used to be a bank before it was a house. And who is the manager <laughs> of that bank? It's Beck. It's Beck's bank. Yeah. Uh, And he's like, get out of my bank, you lowlife.
2: It's very odd.
0: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, we we cut to uh, Beck and his mooks in prison. Uh, He has these two cohorts. One is like a very like uh, emo mime kind (laughs) of looking guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And another guy is like a very like round guy with like a little like Flat mohawk, like a mohawk stripe, racing stripe on his head. Uh, They
2: have that's. I was like, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Dove and Devo. I don't know if you caught the name; it came in later in the episode. What you what you say the names were? Uh, Dove and Devo.
0: Interesting. Devo. I thought, I I thought I saw another name for him in the uh, in the subtitles. Really? uh, For I don't know what it was, but I think I have it in my notes somewhere. But I I thought uh, he was called like T something,
3: but maybe I, oh maybe I yeah yeah the um well, the, I, the the one who's not a, a mime. No. They, I think somebody called him T Bone or something <laughs> like that. T Bone, oh, oh, yeah,
2: that must be it. Ma- yeah. Maybe
3: that's his prison nickname because we do open up and they are in prison.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. So yeah, they're in prison. Uh, uh, which one is Dove and which one is Devo?
2: I'm pretty sure Dove is Beck's minion wife. I'm pretty sure that's the one who looks like a mime. Oh, okay, cool.
0: Is are they? What is their gender then? I didn't. I couldn't read that.
2: I have. N- I mean, okay, not they, really my business, but
0: they them's them. Uh, so, uh, Dove is like standing on uh. Devo's back, and they're holding a fork yeah. outside of this prison tower window and there's a lightning storm going on and they're like I don't know if we want to be doing this I know I want to escape prison but I also don't want to die by lightning strike and the we follow the wire connected to the fork all the way down and uh, Beck has dug up the ground a little bit and plugged the wire into like cables running under the cell that are like for the security system supposedly and they're just kind of going back and forth uh, Beck has like a suave beard now. Yeah, he's he's like prison bearded man. He's got like a
3: little ponytail too. These are looks that work for him. Yeah. Beck is very stylish. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, unlike Roger Smith, who never changes, Beck' look changes up his look all the time. Right. Rod- that's a good Roger point. Roger comes but- in
3: suit, suit, but he takes the jacket off and bathrobe. Mm-hmm. Those are the three variants. And bathrobe, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, eventually they all get struck by lightning they're going to like reach for the lightning and the wire that comes undone and beck lunges for it and like mm-hmm. uses himself as a connector as the lightning shoots through all of them the it hits the security cables and all
2: the lights in the prison go at like shut off is that an is doc browning a wire with lightning enough to get you out of prison <laughs> Yes. Apparently, <laughs> it seems to be in paradigm city no
0: one can remember how to run a prison
2: yeah i mean they had him in there i think he spec says that he they have him in there for 700 years of hard labor
0: <laughs> how okay how long do people live in paradigm city is 40 years a big deal of 700 years i've is is I, the norm
3: I've also wondered this because uh, I think Roger Smith, like, has stuff he forgot from forty years ago, but he looks like he's forty. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. it's not clear how old this man actually is. I, I wonder if it's a
2: consecutive life sentence thing. You know, like, yeah. just in case you get a little bit of time taken off, you're still going to be in there forever.
0: But I, but I also want to play in the space that they are all also like long longevity <laughs> immortals, like. <laughs> Okay. So They're gonna f- live for a thousand. They years.
3: forgot that they can die, so they will live forever because they forgot <laughs> oh, <wow>. how to Oh <laughs> wow! Oh, that's
0: so, that's so much fun. <laughs> because there's not <laughs> all these people haven't been dying of old age; they've been assassinated. We <laughs> oh, see exactly. a lot of elderly people in this yes. show, but they don't die of natural causes. This
3: is the secret to immortality: what? you just forget what death is.
2: <laughs> and you just keep going. Wow. And that would explain why when you get the memory back, you go yeah. nuts. Yeah. You just just never eat a tomato and you'll be You fine. you turn you turn into a Schwarzwald you get blown up several times yes. and you don't you don't mm-hmm. die.
0: Yeah. Schwarzwald knows that they're all immortal but won't tell anyone. <laughs> he's he's going to keep all that death to himself. Uh-uh. Oh, I'm liking this a lot. Yeah. This is my new headcanon. They're all, they're all weird immortals. Yeah. Because you're right. He do, he does look forty years old. Like he doesn't look any older than mm. that. If, True. Other, if maybe forty five, but then he would be five years old, and that <laughs> couldn't have been the case.
3: What dark secrets does he have from being five years old? Stole a yeah. juice box. Two thousand years
0: old. <laughs> Norman's the oldest citizen.
2: He's just relegated to soup duty for the <laughs> remainder of eternity.
0: Norman Norman still has his memories, but only remembers soup. So that's all he knows.
3: I, this is episode 18. And it starts with Roger yes. Smith saying, narrating to the audience, I'm Roger Smith. I'm a negotiator in <laughs> mm-hmm. Paradigm City. Again, again, he says this. He wants to make sure you don't forget. Who knows if this event will happen again. He must remind you every couple episodes what the deal is with him.
2: I'm Roger Smith, and I hate my robot maid. That's really it. (laughs) That reminds me of the I'm not daredevil t-shirt.
0: That's that's what he wears. (laughs) I'm Roger Smith. I hate my robot maid. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) If lost, return Uh. to robot maid. I am robot made. (laughs) 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 Which is...
0: I am soup dad.
3: (laughs) That is kind of the plot of this episode. It starts out like regular. Dorothy plays piano. Roger yells, and he says, it's all right for someone to sleep past noon every once in a while. That's what it means to be a free human being.
0: We cut to a shot of the piano being tied up with ropes. Yes! (laughs) Like... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not, like,
2: haphazardly, like, I don't know, ropes should fix this. Like, just tie it up in different ways. Yeah. And this is, it's discovered by Dorothy, who, as expressionless as she is, has a look at this point of, I know I'll get him for this, but I don't know how yet. Yeah.
0: It's my revenge. We cut to Roger driving up to a big, ornate building. Uh, His his client today, he says, like, over uh, inner monologue, Mm the legal counsel for yoshifura yakamoto industries which is the company that built the domes and it's very weird because you see three incredibly stereotyped asian men kind of say hi and like in like a like accents like and broken english like be like follow us follow us like you are roger smith roger smith like it's it's weird to see this in an anime. Yes. Actually, yeah. Like it feels out of place over in in western animation, unfortunately, very prevalent, unfortunately. But is
2: hmm, I wonder is this like because season 2 was made primarily for western audiences? Like oh. this was the studio being like, "Hey, this is what dumb Americans view us as."
0: I hope it's them making fun of themselves. Like that's the best case scenario, I think. But yeah, regardless, I, I, I didn't like this.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, un- uncomfortable. Very very
3: yeah. puzzling, but thankfully these characters exist to just move Roger along to a separate part of the story and then they go away. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's mercifully brief. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh yeah, they they lead Roger down this long hallway and he and he's like, "I guess I'll follow you. I don't fully understand you,
2: but you must be my <laughs> clients." That's what he does. <laughs> I don't get it, but okay. As long as you
3: give him that thirty dollars get... and eighty five cents, he's your man He'll follow you anywhere.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. I got you. Uh so at, at the end of this hallway, like it we follow him down into the hallway gets darker, and then we hear Roger's inner monologue say, And that was the last anyone heard from me. <laughs> What a way to start the episode. <laughs>
2: like, ever again.
3: Yeah. yeah. And so we go back. And then back. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. We go back to his manor, and um, uh, Dawson, Officer Dawson, has come to break the news that Roger was kidnapped, and he holds up Roger's tie as proof. I guess these kidnappers sent his tie to the police.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't want anything to happen to this tie. Mm. We just don't care about the man. But yeah, Roger and Dorothy were just kind of like... Uh, not Roger. Norman and Dorothy were just kind of under the assumption, like, he's just late for dinner. Right. He always is. He's just mm-hmm. rude today and didn't call. Right. That's all it is. Uh,
2: If the fact that he's missing a tie is genuine proof that he's not coming home tonight, then he really is just really kind of like a goblin of a yeah. man, huh?
0: <laughs> he just goes out and detectives and negotiates till the morning
3: right and like he seems (laughs) suave he seems like he should be a lady killer but we have no real evidence Mm -hmm. of this it doesn't seem like he ever would sleep at another lady uh, some lady's apartment for the night Mm -hmm. he's tireless it can't be because a sexy lady (laughs) ripped it off him it must have been a criminal who did that
2: (laughs) Also, does he have one of a kind ties?
3: They're very distinct ties. It's black with just one long white stripe down the middle, so that when he ties it it's like a vertical stripe and then a little horizontal stripe on, on the on the knot. He, I do,
2: That's fair. It's a tie no normal person would wear.
0: I like
3: it a lot. I think if we've
0: I think if we learned anything from this episode is that he has a hundred of everything. So he, he there's probably a hundred of that wonderful tie. Uh, in his in his closet,
2: things we know about Roger Smith: He likes the color black. He likes coffee black. He likes tie, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hair black, shirt black,
0: coat black, car black, <laughs>
3: tie Mega tie black. allowed one white stripe for contrast. <laughs>
2: Little did we know that Big O was actually like bright pink at some point.
0: <laughs> it's like, no, this doesn't match my style. You you have to change first. You have to match at this party. So uh, we cut back to uh, Roger waking up, and he's on this like metal crucifix yeah. kind of deal. Like he's, like he's like he's like he's like strung up in like a T pose. Yeah. And, uh, he wakes up to his own face. Yeah. Uh, and we. <laughs> There's, like, a little, like, bust of of uh Roger with a head that looks just like mm-hmm. his. Like,
2: reacting in time with him, mimicking him, him perfectly. Now, it's around this point that I made a realization about this episode, or mm-hmm. maybe just all of Beck's episodes. If Roger Smith and Big O as a whole is Batman, then the Beck episodes, and especially this episode, is Adam West Batman. Yeah. Yes. This yeah. is true. <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> Very good. Like, he wakes up, like, strung... Well, not strung up. He wakes up, like, attached to this thing Mm -hmm. uh, on what looks like a game show set. Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) They even drop a money tube down on him at one point. (laughs) A
0: cyclone pit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, Beck kind of descends from a platform, like, laughing uh, about, Roger, you're the kidnappy at this point. Who's gonna negotiate for you? And... Beck still has. Beck got a ele- look, electrocuted along with like his two mooks. Mm. So everyone that could have an afro has an afro now. Yes. Uh, Dove has an afro. Beck has a big afro. Uh, uh, I've already Devo. Devo has a little. His little mohawk <laughs> transformed into a little tuft of hair mm-hmm. on top of his head. As much of an afro as afro as he can get, and. Uh, the, i they, mean why not yeah why not <laughs> the uh they the, they walk into this room the two moocs with the three gentlemen from earlier and they have a similar crowd to the three gentlemen except they're, they're all in like uniform and they have cameras and notepads and uh beck says and it's not a, it's not certain if these people understand beck or like just barely like get by but he's like, this is, this is Roger Smith. He pilots the, the big O, the black Mega Deuce. Uh, and they just start like taking pictures of him. Like, oh, Roger Smith, okay. Uh, <laughs> Roger seems nonplussed about the whole arrangement. Uh, and then we cut to the phone ringing at, at Smith Manor. And Dawson and Norman are both like, well, what are we saying? Like, what do we got? Someone, we gotta, someone's going to pick up the phone. We got to answer. We got to be very careful about this. And it's, then, my,
2: it's my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then Dorothy just like walks over like, the phone's ringing. I have to answer that. And picks it up and is like, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Hangs up. And Dawson's like, what do they say? And Dorothy's not saying anything. And he's she's like, I was told not to talk to the cops. <laughs> <I'm> like, Sorry. <laughs> I get it. ACAB. I get it. Yeah. yeah ACAB. And <laughs> she's like, all right, I got to go meet this kidnapper. I have got to go bring all the money they want. See you guys later. I gotta, I'll be the negotiator <laughs> today.
2: It's so, it's so unexpected. I would love just a whole episode of just awkward Dorothy interaction. That's all mm, I want.
3: Yeah. I love that she gets Norman on a, make,
2: makes a comment about,
3: hmm?
0: Norman makes a comment about being how uh, Roger would be so proud to see yeah. her negotiating and take taking up the uh, the mantle. Go ahead.
3: I love that she gets on a bicycle and will just ride across town to get to the crime scene, just like yeah. just like the kid in, in the Page Master. She's on her bike. She's ready for business. She doesn't need any adults to help her.
2: It's so it's unexpected, but like perfect because uh, for her robot legs, any boat, any bicycle becomes a motorcycle. Yes. Yeah. I didn't realize it was an it was not an electric
0: bike at first. I'm like, oh, that's a weird noise for an electric bike to make. Nope, those are her legs yeah. moving. She's she's doing this. She's on highways on this bicycle. It's
2: a- yeah blazing
3: it's a cool looking bike but i did also watch the sequence thinking she could just run very fast she needs no other mode of transportation beyond herself
0: but a good negotiator has their vehicle of choice
2: (laughs) roger never lets me do
0: this (laughs) parents aren't home i'm gonna negotiate all i want (laughs)
3: She's riding into the crime scene. She is being followed by Lieutenant Dawson in like police cars and tanks, full on tanks. They're following her to wherever this crime scene is. Uh, and, and we learn that Beck's plan is that he has molded an exact duplicate of Roger Smith's head and his torso with like his lungs and his diaphragm and everything so that this robot head can call upon Big O, can summon it, and the robot knows, oh, this is definitely Roger Smith's actual voice. <laughs> he needed to go this far. That's my son. This far. To, just to summon this mech whenever he wants it. So what he's going to do is put this robot bust uh, just on a cart, on a wheelie cart. And it's got the watch, like Roger's communication watch, strung up in front of it like a carrot in front of a donkey and it rolls around the city and making Big O follow it, and the plan is that it's going to go to the edge of the city and make Big O walk into the ocean.
0: Yep. That's the plan.
3: Flawless. I love this.
0: (laughs) It's it's such a good plan. Beck mentions that he sculpted the face that that would make up the robot's face, and I'm like, Beck, that's so good. You're so talented. You should do that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, it. i mean obviously it does i mean obviously he does not succeed but like the it's such a i mean as far as like mecha anime goes like this might be the smartest like foil the good guy's mm-hmm. plan i've seen yeah definitely the most inventive i've seen uh just just trick the big robot like a big puppy and it'll follow <laughs> it into the ocean and you don't even gotta worry about it no more exactly
0: Uh, except it doesn't it doesn't get tricked it gets tricked all the way up until it's one step away from being in the ocean it has like one foot dangling over the edge ready to step in and it freezes in place uh and roger says like see even big o is not dumb enough to follow this dumb robot (laughs) this copycat (laughs) Uh, at this point dorothy arrives on the scene and we cut to her like she's holding her bike in the air, and the two mooks are like stuck in the spokes, like 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 hold, held up by their necks. Like, <laughs> <"Aah."> <laughs> and she just tosses the bike in them aside. Uh, Dorothy is is the 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 herbo of this of this show. <laughs> she's so beefy. The what I'm sorry. Uh, a, 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 a hembo him- for her. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Turbo herbo. herbo. <laughs> is not Dorothy. good. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere somewhere in the herbo thimbo, it was decided that uh Bembo isn't while it was the root of the word is not a good word to to say. So we do herbo instead. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh I don't remember where I heard that, but that's that's what I follow. <laughs> um yeah, Beck is like is this your lover and Roger is like that's preposterous and Roger's like or Dor- Dorothy says why Roger it's preposterous you can be so cruel yeah a man has kidnapped my employer the man that I love
2: <laughs> and, Roger's losing it at this yes. point yeah like, <laughs> shut up please shut up
0: yeah he he is going full crazy and Dorothy's like I was kidding I was trying to lighten the mood <laughs> in, in a very dry Dry humor. I, I love this.
3: Dorothy uh, is the best. She's so small. I love whenever she picks up something heavy. She's so <laughs> fast. She, she doesn't love Roger, but like wants the acknowledgement that she is theoretically lovable by him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She wants to
2: be acknowledged by him. Yes.
3: Pay attention to me. I don't just like dust things and play a piano <laughs> and make a light come out of my head.
2: Unless this little, like, outburst here is, like, revenge for the piano? Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna embarrass you in front I think of your greatest we... foe.
2: I'll save your life. I'll make you sweat a little first.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Um, but yeah, uh, Dorothy hands back, like, here's the ransom. And it's just a briefcase full of the O watches that Roger Smith has. And then, at some point, Roger, like, breaks out of his crucifix, and then gets that money tube put on him. Dorothy just kind of walks up and just, like, punches straight through it. <laughs> and is like, there you go. You should be free now. Beck goes to... Oh, what happens? Beck turns on another yes! big, giant magnet that picks up Dorothy and all the watches. <laughs> uh, and he activated, activated it with his, like, little remote control. And... Dorothy starts to fly up and Beck talks about stealing Dorothy's CD, but there, it opens up and there's like a little like parents lock on it yeah. on the mm-hmm. CD, so you can't grab it. And then Dorothy, like while she's like hovering in midair, like trying not to get sucked up, fires her headband off her head like a boomerang and it zips around the room and catches Beck by the neck mm-hmm. uh, and takes him up to the magnet with the, with the boomerang.
2: Uh, this headband is an led light it is a boomerang (laughs) it is a disc drive (laughs) yeah uh mr
0: mr mr dorothy builder didn't didn't raise no fool so yeah uh roger i think grabs dorothy before she's stuck and like helps her hold on to something and Beck goes to turn off the magnet he's like i'll just turn off the magnet but the remote control gets stuck to the magnet itself with the buttons facing up but yeah, and Walbeck is, like, yelling at them, Do- Roger and Dorothy, talk, uh, and go back and forth. And uh, I think this is the part where, where Dove and Devo, I'm going to keep remembering. He's just, t- he's just T-Bone He's just t in my head.
2: T-Bone or D-Bone?
0: D-Bone. They're, they're <laughs> D-Bone. Dove and D-Bone kind of start driving these, like, Power Rangers,
3: yeah. like,
2: Zord vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. One of them turns. It becomes. It becomes like.
3: No, no. One of them turns into legs. I just want to talk about the legs. Like they're slowly (laughs) going to form a Voltron, but they start with legs. So it's just legs. I love disembodied legs. It's like the dad from Onward. The legs are just going on wheels.
2: Like they they painstakingly animate the like this stressful navigation of each individual piece to build this like mass produced mech. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, this isn't a mega deuce, which were, like, mysteriously found, yada, yada. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Like, this is like, oh, we're going to make new ones because we have foreign investors or something. And, like you mentioned, uh, the legs are first, and they're just rolling down the street, knocking cars over. And then the lower torso comes, skates in, and, like, has to grab handlebars above the butt of the (laughs) legs and has to pull itself up. (laughs)
0: That makes more sense than it that also having rockets and landing in place like it's a Megazord. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is exactly what the head does. The head kind of flies in like a jet, Beck's piloting it, and it locks in place. And then it has a name. Oh yeah, it's it's called the R- the uh, Beck the Great RX three. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Beck the Great is part of the name and not the not just RX
2: three pretty sure Beck has had like multiple mechs that have the name Beck mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a pattern it's a it's it's his cat calling
0: phrase uh but yeah back at the pier where the megaduce was uh there's just a giant hole there now mm-hmm. and the military police <laughs> look baffled and frustrated and and then they hear that this new giant robot appeared and they're like Okay, and they, they all turn around and get start heading back there. <laughs> there's only one group of military police and they all move as one unit to <laughs> wherever there's danger.
3: This is why Lieutenant <laughs> Dalston has a permanent, like, popping vein in his head. Roger is that yep. much yeah. of a continual nuisance to him.
2: He is long overdue for a mitocardial infarction. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's, it's <laughs> inevitable at this point.
0: Yeah, it's only a matter of time. If he hasn't had one before 40 years ago. Uh, and so the Big O just does its thing. It appears out of the ground in front of the RX 3. Uh, and before the fight starts, Roger asks Beck, uh, asks how Beck knew he fought alongside Big O. And Beck reveals that a memory popped in my head that you are the Dominus of Megadeus, mm-hmm. which is the first time we've heard the phrase yeah. Dominus. Uh, is it? I think so. At least this is the first time Rogers here heard it because he's like, "Dominus, what is that?"
2: Oh, that's oh. yes, true. Okay, for a second, I was imagining that it happened in an earlier Tomato episode. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, that's what I thought too. Like this, this feels like a Tomato episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's finish this podcast without ever
0: explaining what the ta- Tomato is. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's something from for, for a Tomato episode in the future.
2: Right uh, on. <laughs> So, he, so Beck got struck by lightning, and suddenly he remembered, not that he realized, but he remembered that Roger Smith is the pilot of Big mm. O. Yeah. Like, he knew
0: uh, Roger Smith exists, but he's like, oh, yeah, you were the pilot of that, Big O. Which had to mean, I don't remember what happened in that episode that caused that, but something did cause that. Uh, and... It was either Roger, like, getting his memories back from the first episode or something with tomatoes, but (laughs) it's, yeah, it implies that, like, 40 years ago, before 40 years ago, Roger was, like, famous, famously the pilot of the News or public knowledge, like, he was the guardian of Paradigm City or something.
2: Before everyone forgot how to die.
0: (laughs) Everyone forgot how to die. Everyone just, (laughs) no one dies anymore, they just build big robots to hang out in. (laughs) That's so crazy. (laughs) <laughs> it's seventeen thousand seven hundred and seventy six, but with giant robots yes. instead of football. <laughs> uh so yeah, Beck like gloats, he's like, I'm gonna show you the mysteries of the Orient, which again does uh suck. And Ugh. Beck his Megadoos like gets all ready for battle, gets a weapon out, does a whole flare with it, and then we see uh Big O's purple gatling laser <laughs> from the last episode. Just tear Cut
2: this robot apart cuts off the animation like yeah. the whole thing the process roger's like no goodbye mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's it's the indiana jones
0: like nunchuck scene yeah. uh yeah it just cuts him off short and uh and yeah uh, on the way home uh roger says like you did a great job dorothy like i'm sure if you will make a great negotiator someday and she's like actually i would like a favor like he he brought up when they uh, when she rescued him like I owe you a favor for this I owe you for this, and she's like I'd like to cash that in please, and we we cut to the next morning and Dorothy is playing the piano as loudly as always and Roger's mm-hmm. just like got a pillow wrapped around his ears like <laughs> uh, a promise is a
2: promise. Yeah! So Dor- the only thing Dorothy wanted <laughs> was to continue to annoy her employer. Mm.
0: Yes. I mean, what else could a robot want for want from an immortal? Eat
2: <laughs> Beethoven, Roger Smith.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Remember when she learned piano from that piano android in this show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was a thing that happened. Um,
2: it's there's there's a whole lot of I mean, the majority of season one, as I mentioned at the top, like is Dorothy meets blank. It doesn't always become mm. a monster, but a monster becomes involved with yeah. blank.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that was uh, that was our big O episode. Sorry, that ran a little long. Lot. There's why? Just, how long are a, we? Oh. a lot
3: to discuss. <laughs> Not too <laughs> much to cover. A lot to discuss. There's
0: a lot to talk about the show. We we all love this show. So there's a lot of tangents, but that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, this this was a lot of fun to revisit. I'm, I'm glad you uh, offered it in your list. Uh, but yeah, uh, super great show to watch. Would recommend it. We Mel and I had the DVDs. Mm -hmm. uh, Pete, you bought the Blu-ray. I think you can find the Japanese like subtitled version on YouTube. No, Uh,
2: yeah, uh, for season one, I think.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. So you can you can check that out. Uh, I've never watched the sub. I will have to to see how they uh, pronounce things. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that was Big O. Any any final thoughts? Big O,
2: good. Big O, good.
0: Um. They yeah. go good. They go good. Uh, so yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this was guest pick. Uh, last time it was my pick. Mel, what are we watching next time?
3: Uh, we haven't done a movie in a while. I thought I'd put a movie into the rotation. Uh, and this is a movie. It is a, a Disney animated movie. But it is the okay. smallest weirdest, obscurest of the theatrically released Disney animated Uh, movies. I need- I'm so excited. I I need to make sure that people are aware of this film and maybe they vaguely remember the premise, but I need to make sure that they know how weird it is. We have to introduce people to the Robinsons. You gotta Meet the Robinsons.
0: Oh <gasps> Yes yeah. Meet the Robinsons. That is I thought you were gonna go like something old school. No, I would love no. to like, watch Like this meet the movie Robinsons. came out in the
3: last like fifteen years and like nobody remembers it.
2: Yeah. It I don't know how it, it went over me as well. I only watched it for the first time a couple of years ago and it is so yeah. good. Yeah. This is an S this is an S <laughs> yes. tier movie.
0: Uh, (laughs) plus, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah,
3: and lately we've, I mean, we've talked about Dr. Doofenshmirtz, we've talked about the Monarch, we've talked about Robbie Rotten. We got to get Bowler Hat Guy in here (laughs) (laughs) to complete the tier of spindly villains. I'm so excited to watch that.
0: Yeah, Bowler Hat Guy and Dr. Doofenshmirtz would be best friends.
3: Absolutely.
2: Or at least have a support group. Yes.
0: Absolutely. They would, they would, they would go to, uh, VA together, I'm sure. Uh, But yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, So yeah, tune in for that next time, guys. Mm -hmm. Um, If you guys would like to inquire about uh, being a guest on the show like Pete did, you can reach out to us on email, saradaymopod at gmail.com. You can talk to us on Twitter, at saradaymopod. If you'd like to give us recommendations on things to watch, uh, yell at us at something we go wrong, or praise at us for a a shared opinion. (laughs) Uh, We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to find me on Twitter, I'm at James Wilk. Pete, do you have anything you'd like to plug?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I would be remiss to not pitch my uh, Zelda Legend of Zelda podcast called Hello Hyrule. We are the premier Legend of Zelda travelogue podcast, which. Every episode, uh, my co-host slash brother-in-law and I go to uh, a different location in the Zelda series in timeline order. Uh, and we just kind of talk about the plot, the, the you know, the monsters. I ask a lot of the time what certain things taste like, which bothers Ooh. my uh, co-host <laughs> a lot. That's great. Uh and, uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty good time. We uh, have a whole season of Skyward Sword, uh, if, if you want to binge, and we just started into Minish Cap, which has turned out pretty good so far.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, a, a very uh, highly regarded podcast. I've heard a lot of good things about it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
2: Uh, do you have a, a Twitter handle you'd like to share? I do. Um, if you want to check me out on Twitter, you can find me at the Edge of My Pete.
3: Yeah. Excellent. Go check me out.
2: Mel, what are
0: your plugs this week?
3: Uh, Same as always. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Wilkywit. That's W I L K Y W I T. Listen to my other podcasts on the Whatnots. That's Whatnots, spelled like astronauts. I'm on the Review Show every week, which is a book club style media discussion show. We have a different movie, couple volumes of a comic, a season of a TV show to talk about every week. If you like what we talked about today. We've covered, if you like big robots, we just read all of Knights of Sidonia*. We did an episode on Pacific Rim once, my other favorite mech anime. I'm not into mechs. I just <laughs> like the big O in Pacific Rim. That's it. Uh, and we've also done some That's Batman. Like... We just read Court of Owls. Hell yeah. And uh, I'm on other podcasts there. We have a feed called The Reactor Core* where we talk about brand new media. So you can hear us there talking about The Batman. And we have another show called The Captain's Log, which is just our weekly nonsense off-topic chat show. And recently, to celebrate the coming of The Batman, I forced my co-host to read me Riddler Riddles.
0: I have that episode downloaded. I haven't listened to it yet. Thank
3: you. I hope it's exciting to listen to.
0: How do you think you did?
3: Uh, I I did average.
0: (laughs) That's good training for the next time. Yeah. For for real life.
2: Yeah, yeah. For all those real for real life riddlers.
0: Yeah. The real life riddlers we all face in our lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. you
3: know, whenever a <laughs> CAPTCHA is replaced with a riddle, hopefully it can still log into different <laughs> sites.
2: Oh. Worst case scenario. Wonderful.
0: Where can they find you on Twitter?
3: I did that part. Do it again. Okay. That's uh, WilkieWit. <laughs> W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T
0: cool. Make sure you remember that. Right. Everyone. And I guess
3: you can follow the show. I, I, I think our network is just at the Whatnot's, W H A T N A U T S. I should plug that sometimes. I don't monitor it. My my co-host Kyle monitors everything, but t- t- tweeted us as a as a conglomerate over there.
0: Yeah. So go check that out. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Pete, you you've you've heard us. You know what we say at the end of every episode?
2: Would you like to lead us off? I would love to. Relax, sit back, it's Saturday.
3: It's Saturday. It's Saturday.
2: Hey, guess what? It worked. We're just too cool, right, boss? (laughs) Now then, let's go and sink that black mega-deuce.
3: I won't let you.
2: Huh? Shh.
0: Big O. Showtime.
2: (laughs) Colonel Dawson, a megaduce just appeared in the West Eighth Street Dome. What? Uh, Everyone, head back. yours, Roger Smith. <laughs> so archaic. Let me ask you one thing. How did you know about me and Big O that I send the call and fight alongside him? A memory I had. A memory? A memory just popped into my head all of a sudden just out of the blue. I don't know where it came from. But... You are the Dominus of the Black Mega Deuce. Dominus. relax! All of my memories having to do
0: with you are about to disappear like this instant!
2: Hello, Hyrule! We are your tour guides! My name is Pete. And my name's Chris and this is hello hyrule the premier legend of zelda travelogue podcast
1: every episode of hello hyrule we tour a new location from the legend of zelda series of games
2: in timeline order we take in the sights the sounds the plot and the uh i guess you can call it food and every episode we ask the hard-hitting questions such as what does deku baba taste like where did the magma go is mind control a legitimate form of education? Why would a goddess commission a robot dressed like a king? And why are tad tones? Uh, Pete, I think you mean, what are tad tones? I do not. Oh, <laughs> anyways, hop on board, join us here at Hello Hyrule, and. Uh, oh, wait, no, Pete. No, please. Excuse me, podcast. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>